0: Hey everybody, Josh Sheridan here with the Barely Legal Podcast. Very excited for today's guest, uh, J- Jeremy Shiflet from Dead Mirrors is on the show today, and this is a band that somehow snuck up on me. I don't know. Is this a how long is how, how long has Dead Mirrors been a band? We started. I want to say November of 2019. So, right before everything kind of Well, maybe. Okay. For some reason, I was like, is this like a, you know, been around for a long time and I've just completely missed like that. I feel like I'm pretty keyed into stuff, but every now and again, stuff just- sneaks up on me so uh but i love it i mean it's it's really quite an amazing album which that just that just came out somewhat recently right yeah Uh, we just released that in uh i think july june or july okay and you are the singer do you play on it as well or no no instruments just just vocals okay now this is not your first venture you've been around kind of doing different things for a while right
1: yeah i started in um in 98 in my hometown um I've had three bands since then, but it's been 13 years, I think, since I've done anything.
0: What was your hometown?
1: Sebring, Florida.
0: Oh, wow. Okay, let me think where Sebring is. Is that north, south, east, or
1: west? South. Okay. Kind of uh, middle of the state, a <clears throat> little bit below uh, Lakeland, I guess, about okay. 45 minutes south of Lakeland.
0: So that's where you grew up? Yeah. And Shiflet. what is that? Is that English? Is that Scottish? Is that... French, I think the name. Oh, Chifflet. Chiffle, yeah. yeah.
1: Name name comes from, I think we traced it back to uh, the Dutch and like the French that immigrated um, over there. And then my, it's Chifflet, but by way of Honduras, my my dad's family is from Honduras. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't have. French no. Honduran. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I you, that this is a first for me. Yeah. <laughs> a French Honduran from Sebring. I mean, he might he might be the only one. Uh, big family,
1: medium sized family, small uh, family. Big family on my dad's side. Uh, you know, big Spanish family. Um, mom's side dwindling as it goes. So, what about you? Siblings? Uh, one real brother, one half brother, uh, one half sister. Right, and age wise, where do you fall in that lineup? I'm in the middle of the brothers. Uh, my older brother is eight years older than me. Oh, my good deal. My younger brother older. is 13 years younger than me. Oh wow, yeah.
0: that's a nice split there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um. The 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 eight year
0: older the older brother was he someone that you kind of hung around with, looked up to? Did he you know introduce you to music or just too much of a? Yeah, I think Age so. difference there.
1: I would say so. Yeah, because it's you know growing. I was born in the 70s, so growing up in the 80s. There was stuff I got into because of him being sure. older that I probably wouldn't, like Beastie Boys, you know, stuff like that I probably wouldn't have got into at my age. Right. But I did start a little bit earlier. Right, of that.
0: right. So, how old are you? 42. I just turned 42. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's funny because I, I remember bands – I was born in 75, and so I remember, like, you know, in grade school and high school, like, The Doors or mm-hmm. – whatever and and at that time that music seemed like it was 50 years old right and like never mind is older now than that music was then and it just you know it blows my mind you know it's like yeah that was probably like six years before or something or like (laughs) 10 years before so it's kind of crazy um and tell me about your family your mom and dad they both work
1: what did they do uh my dad was a like a welder, boiler okay. maker. Uh my mom worked in insurance. Neither one of them work now. They're both retired.
0: Okay. And were they into the arts? Were they into music? Was there music in the house? Like there was, but
1: it wasn't they're they're not those parents that always had vinyl and stuff, you know, always playing it. Uh but I did learn a lot about stuff that I like. You know, my dad listened to uh, you know, ac ACDC and um ZZ Top and stuff when I was growing up a lot. My mom listened to a lot more of like forties and fifties do Motown right. type of stuff. So I really like the Chantelles, the John and I Is like, I love that music.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, I remember for me, Jackson five and Diana Ross and you know, that stuff was just such a um, main line of happiness. Like mm-hmm. no frills, just good mood. It's just like, r- listen to ska music. You
1: can't be unhappy. Yeah yeah, to it. yeah. yeah. It's always going to put a <laughs> smile on your face.
0: <laughs> it's just that meme. It's like, it's like Scott music is what a 13 year old hears when he gets free cheese sticks at basically, <laughs> <laughs> which is, I know that's a, sh- they're being shitty, but it's, it's also not, not untrue. I mean, it's, it's, you know, so up just, tempo,
1: so up, upbeat. Yeah. yeah.
0: So when, as far as grade school, high school, were you an athlete? Were you an artist? Were you a recluse? Were you a, what was your, what was your thing? Um, How would you characterize yourself?
1: Chameleon, I guess yeah. I kind of like went between everything. I, I'd say artist. I, I went. Uh, I was an art major when I got out of high school. Comic books
0: did, or what did it for you? Graffiti. Really?
1: Yeah. Awesome. A lot of lot of tagging. Uh, Basquiat is a, Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm a huge fan of his. So um, that was kind of what I was into. But I got really disillusioned with the the grading in school for for uh-huh. art. And I was like, it's so subjective. Yeah. How, can how do you view? grade
0: art? It's kind of. Yeah. So yeah. I,
1: I got really. I was like, no, I don't want to do this. So I went in to do hair instead.
0: Really? Yeah. Wow. Twenty years. You've done it for twenty years. Mm-hmm. Where do you do
1: it, uh, Bobby Penn Hair Gallery in Ebor?
0: Oh wow, I I don't think I knew that. I don't think I realized what you did for a day job. Yeah, well that's cool. And is that your own space or is that? How- uh, yeah, like kind of Booth Reynolds. We're okay. a collective there. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's badass. So, um, well, that's a. I mean, you know, you 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 as a. In that field, you're kind of everybody's therapist. They're confidant. They're, you know, that's why we all drink so much. Yeah. We have our I own mean, problems and we
1: listen to everybody else. Yeah. Well.
0: I mean, it's true. Cause I, you know, I talk about my day job as a divorce lawyer. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, I always want to like hairdressers, uh, Physical trainers, like mm. anybody who has the inside scoop on how people's relationships are going, it's like I, I want that person do. to, yeah, yeah, send me business. <laughs> I've heard some some doozies in there. Oh, that, that's that's rad, though. So, uh, well, that's that's badass. Um, so, when did music become something that you actually, you know, uh,
1: ventured into actually performing and and performing? Um, so, I would say probably my junior high school around ninety seven. Um, and end of 97, I started getting into more like writing poetry and stuff. You know, I probably a bad breakup or something. So I started listening to a lot of uh, Smashing Pumpkins, sure, know, just the sitting at home writing down lyrics, kind of like Billy Corgan and then um, Deftones and, and uh, Raising the Machine were big influences. So I started writing that and I met a, a guy, his name was Derek. Uh, started my first band with him. What was that band called? Uh, Sidia, Sidia, Sidia. Okay. And um, we started kind of just hanging out in his uh, back room, rompus room. I don't know. It's like a back room in his house uh, trying to be a ska band actually, Um, but we couldn't find any horn players. Yeah. So I couldn't sing. I still can't sing. Uh,
0: Let me, let me stop you right in your tracks. I'm going (coughs) to argue with that. We'll get there, but I have been doing singing lessons now for the better part of this year for Mm -hmm. a band that I've been trying to get off the ground that, that vocally is very similar to what, You do, and Mm -hmm. it is not easy, and you do it very well. So, but we'll get there. The screaming stuff
1: in the beginning wasn't there. You know, there's a lot to learn about how to to,
0: scream poorly. Yeah, anybody can scream poorly. Correct. (laughs) To scream and not just completely obliterate your throat. That is to be able to have enough air in your diaphragm to get through, you know, a chorus or Mm -hmm. a phrase. Oh, there's so much to, it's like, and, but this is as much of a music fan as I am. And as much as a, you know, whether you call it heavy music or whatever you want to call it, um, you know, the whole, the whole fry vocal fry lyrics, you know, they, they can get a bad rap because of the more cookie monster-ish, you know, you just completely indecipherable, whatever, nothing, not taking away from any of that, but what you're doing with your voice is a as much of a talent as playing a guitar playing drums playing bass oh, whatever else and to do it what what I really dig we're kind of getting out of out of order here but <laughs> but I love what I love about your voice and what you do in your band is you occupy both worlds you've got that patina to your voice but I can also hear the lyrics I can also hear what you're singing and I really dig that I like I like that style where yeah. it's you know, I in, in in working on this band, you know, my it's funny because I'm the only I, I would call it the non-musician of the band because everybody else, you know, they're picking up an instrument. And I I fuck around with guitar, but I'm, mm. you know, no one's gonna come and watch me play one. <laughs> and so uh, you know, I do a lot of stuff that's more visual, like here's what I want, you know, the album cover to look like, and like right. here's a playlist of inspirations and all this stuff. And they're always just like you know, I think they're just kind of, like, dealing with me. It's like, yeah, fine, whatever. But, you know, they're like, but what do you sound like? Like, never right. mind, you know, Unsane or The Whores or, you know, Daughters or any of these other bands. Like, who, who are you going to sound like? And it's funny because... In me trying to find what that voice sounds like, I'm still not happy with anything that comes out, and so I don't think
1: you ever will be. Yeah, any vocalist I don't think is ever really happy with how yeah. it comes out.
0: Well, but we'll talk more as we get there. So yeah. Cydia, um, and that's the ska Band, but you couldn't find any horn players. Yeah, couldn't find okay. any horn
1: players. Um, he was a real big, uh, you know, early like punk fan, um, sure. and and the whole pop punk uh, for I can't remember the. The labels, but there was a lot of like Christian labels back then, you know, uh, Big Fat Records and all sure. that stuff. So he's into that. So we started doing that, but I, my scream wasn't there. Uh, singing was not really an option. So rapping kind of became the thing. Okay. So, you know, writing down lyrics and started rapping. Also and, not easy. No, and it was actually kind of good at it back in the day. You know, I could be fast. I don't have that tongue speed now, yeah. I guess. But, um, you know, that's kind of in the beginning of when that started getting real big. I, I think Limp Biscuit released their first album about a year into our band. And then that became a big you know, right. Like, all right, well, you know, this is what everyone's kind of doing now. But right as that happened, we got into um uh, Slipknot's first album came out. So we were like, oh, we need to get heavier. Heavier, yeah. As soon as we get to that point, we heard Poison the Well and until the end. Their uh Opposite December, and then until uh, the finish
0: line keeps moving. Yeah, and it's like, all right, well,
1: this is really so. Cydia actually ended up becoming a like a South Florida melodic hardcore band. Yeah, <clears throat> we had three singer, two singers that didn't play anything. Me and another guy, all we did was really scream. And then the guitar player sang more of like a Tom DeLong style of singing.
0: Does that exist anywhere that we can hear it? I mean, uh, is it on there is, camp or any somebody did streams? put it up
1: on YouTube, um, like streaming on YouTube, uh, but not really. I just no EPs, just no
0: LPs, no singles, nothing like that.
1: Uh, not that's online. I have actual physical copies okay. of CDs and stuff, but okay.
0: yeah. <clears throat> so then,
1: what happened with that van? Bad car accident on uh, oh. on our first tour with uh, Remembering Never. Um, we were coming back from Daytona, and we broke down just outside of Lakeland on I four about two ish in the morning, um, looking underneath the the hood of the van, trying to figure out which I don't. I know nothing about cars, so mm-hmm. I don't know why I was looking under. And a drunk driver hit us from behind. Oh, <clears throat> so, I was injured. Um, all of our. So equipment. you were standing in front of the van when it got hit from behind. I was. Yeah, I actually have a scar on my forehead where the hood went into my forehead. Yeah.
0: Was so that? Was there broken ribs or broken arms or legs or anything?
1: No, uh, soft tissue damage pretty much everywhere else. Just the the gash in my forehead that kind of opened like a mouth. It was Ugh. pretty gnarly. Oh man. <laughs> um, and that all of our equipment was thrown out all over I four. We tried to play, I think, again the following week to catch back up with Remembering Never and play again at the old punk house over off of uh, Central. And um, we kept getting pushed back and pushed back. And it was getting like 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning. We still hadn't played yet. And one of the other singers in the band, he was straight edge. And you know everyone's drinking, getting drunk. And he kind of getting a little bit aggravated about it. Um, Me and my bass player uh, were drinking quite heavily. By the time we played, he couldn't even really hit any chords on his bass. Yeah. Um, so after our first song, uh, the other singers were like, all right, this is our this is our last song. And I was just mad. I think everyone was really high tension at that time. Yeah. And I was like, Yeah, this is our last song ever. And That was that it. Bit. Yeah. Wow. It was the end of it. <laughs> wow. Now are, do you <clears> keep in <throat> touch with any of those
0: guys anymore? Or? I do.
1: Um two of them uh still live here in Tampa. Uh, and they're in other bands. Um Derek is in uh Navin Avenue. I think I'm navin or naven i can't remember Uh, how they pronounce it um they were in ilos dos uh russ is in a new band with uh my current guitar player and um jeff brower okay um so they're up here the other uh the other singer he lives in annapolis he's a tattoo artist and the other guitar player uh i can't he's kind of all over the place he does uh gun shooting like competitions now oh wow yeah so he's done a lot of stuff he had like a performance auto shop now he does he makes tack rails and stuff for for ARs and, and wow. stuff like that wow and then the drummer he had some kids he's I think he's still in Sebring playing in gutter punk bands wow yeah so what came after Sidia uh Bloodsville in vain blood spilled in Maine. Yeah. All right. Name, about th- name came from the accident because we were hit by a drunk driver. Yet we continue to keep drinking. Right. Um, that was with some other guys I had met through a salon I worked at. I met our guitar player and, um, Ian introduced me to some other guys. So we kind of started this and it was more kind of a fun band, you know, just drink a lot. We did a cover of, uh, Billy Idol song. Oh yeah. And, uh, um, I love covers. Yeah. (laughs) I'm a cover. Yeah. I'm a cover nerd. Yeah. It was Rebel Yell, and we, you know, had like a big breakdown at the end of it. Yeah. But it was kind of like a punk version of it. So, and how
0: long were they around? Two years, I think. Okay. Yeah. Any, any EPs, LPs, albums, any, uh, one album. Okay. Uh, Or one EP,
1: I guess. Is that out anywhere? Uh, same thing. It's streaming on YouTube on, um, the same guy, I think, uploaded all of them. Sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. And then, so what, so what year are we at about now when that, um,
1: that would be, I think oh okay. five would, would be the end of that band.
0: Okay. So your your day daytime you're spending doing hair, mm-hmm. night you're doing music. Correct. Married kids or anything like that
1: along the way? No. Um yeah. No 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 marriage. I mean dating people yeah. at that time. yeah. But yeah. yeah.
0: All right. So do you go straight into number three or is there some time off or how does that work?
1: I think there's like a year, okay. a year in between. Um before Do you the get mosaic. do you get
0: an itch like like you're not creating or you're not putting out something? I mean
1: I think especially at that time I did being younger, thinking that was gonna be my Your golden years path. were yeah, yeah draining. Like this is that, yeah. this is what I want to do. Um, thinking I needed to be on the road and do all this stuff. So um somebody asked me uh if I wanted to try out for their band and I didn't yeah, I didn't who was that? The mosaic.
0: Okay. Now tell me about that band. Um, now,
1: was that was that a band before you joined it or was that? They basically had kind of a, they had the two guitar players and the drummer. So they had had songs written. Um, that's Dave from now Horsewhip. Okay. Um, Nate, uh, who has now passed away, but he was with us and they he ended up playing with Amberlin for a little bit. Okay. And then our drummer had played with a band called Euclid before us. Um, and then we brought in a guy who had never played bass before, but ended up being amazing.
0: It's funny, yeah. I, I had a I had Eric Collins on uh, last week from Mr. and C, and he was talking about his second band that he was in, the Dark Romantics. And they decided that they hated touring away from their their wives and girlfriends, mm-hmm. so they literally he taught his wife to play bass on all their songs. One of the other guys taught his girlfriend to play drum, and so they became like the Partridge Family. Right, but the girls. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't play any other music, but they played those songs and mm-hmm. they played them better than the guys in the band who like played music because for, for them, it was more just memorization and right. doing exactly the right thing at the right time. But it's I always find it interesting when people come in, you know, with not really any background and kind of what they're able to pull off or, yeah. you know, so in any event, kind of kind of similar. But so tell me about Mosaic. Like, was that the biggest band at that point of the three that you had been in or? or? I,
1: I would, yeah, I mean, Sedia was very well liked on, you know, from multiple groups because we had like melody and, you know, punk and, sure. and hardcore and stuff, but it was a little bit more, uh, ex- you know, people could get into it a little Accessible. bit easier. Accessible, that's yeah. the word. Um, Mosaic, I, d- I think I did the most with as far as touring. Uh, we did three tours, I think. We got to play with some pretty big bands what around. did you play with? Um, Unearthed, uh, Boy Sets Fire. Um oh gosh. So that throughout the US,
0: the eastern east coast or uh Southeast, east, yeah. East, yeah.
1: Yeah. I think this as north as we went, I think it was Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um or Wisconsin actually went to Madison, oh, wow. Wisconsin. Um, but yeah, I mean we played with architects. Uh there's oh, wow. guys in the band who know a lot more than I do. Like there's so many bands we play with over the years, out of all my bands, and I'm like, oh, I forgot we played with Killswitch Switch Engage. Yeah. and Yeah, it's like really yeah. crazy kind of things. Um, but that one was the most touring. And I think that's probably what led to me leaving as I couldn't do the, the touring anymore.
0: What was it about it that got
1: to you? Just, uh, my health. Um, I, because Because of the
0: accident or something else.
1: Yeah. The accident started a 10 year addiction to opiates. Oh, so throughout this whole time, I, I, you know, I was doing it legally. I had a doctor, it was giving it to me. I wasn't overtaking, I wasn't overusing, um, but it caused a lot more problems i've always had with my pancreas uh, growing up so being on the road eating like crap you know taking medication not sleeping uh i actually ended up going into the hospital uh, on one tour in indianapolis
0: okay (laughs) so then when was the end of your tenure with that band
1: i think that was 08 08 or 09 was 08 it was 08
0: then is that the last band you're in before dead mirrors it was so you take a pretty big hiatus
1: there yeah well me and dimitri uh who, you know, who plays drums yeah. for us. Now, we started trying to start a band in t- 2011, I think. How'd you meet him? We, he doesn't remember, but we actually met our bands played together. Um, Blood, Spill, and Vain and his band at the time, Silence After Tragedy, played at uh, what is now The Ritz. Um, okay. Back when Tom George uh, was running yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So, we met, we played there once, but then I met him again because I was dating a girl that he worked with at Diesel.
0: Okay. Yeah he's a good kid yes i like him a lot he's, he's an interesting character
1: he's one of my groomsmen in my in my wedding uh, up. He, he
0: when as i started to like enter into this world and was seeking out people to have on the show and stuff i would friend people on facebook and he's you know every one, now and again it's funny too the the biggest people that i'm I'll, and i'll tell you what i'm talking about in a minute that kind of held me to task on it i'm now pretty good friends with but they're like how do I know you? Mm-hmm. Why should I, why should, why should I be your friend? Why right. should I? And I was like, this, like, I'm not looking for any kind of weird <laughs> thing here. I just, you know, uh, you know, meeting people in the scene and, you know, like to talk to them and all this other stuff. And, you know, i I've loved to meet you. Like he and I get into some pretty deep conversations. Um, but uh, yeah. And then he, you know, when I first met him though, like I think the big thing that he was doing was high beam was like mm-hmm. the, Thing and you know, great band, not really necessarily the type of music that, that I was listening to, but then uh, you know, he let it slip about Meat Wound, which I, I don't think is a secret anymore. It was a secret for yeah, I think a while. even yeah. from
1: us, it was for a little bit. And he was like, Hey, I'm, I'm playing in this band, yeah, and yeah,
0: And I was like, Oh, so Dead Marys was first, uh, before he got into Meatwound?" yeah, oh, okay. So I was like, You gotta be fucking kidding me, like, I love that band, like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, because i i like love melvin's and high on fire and a lot of these bands and i mean they all definitely kind of paint with the same paints right you know and so i was like that's that's fucking amazing and then um i am trying to think how i fr- I, I think it might have been the album release but kind of side tracking so I, I i'm from saint pete my wife's family's from brandon uh one of her cousins married this guy chris who's from claire mel like mm-hmm. you know that whole uh, and he would always tell me about this guy that lived in his neighborhood that played guitar and he would always go over to his house and watch him play guitar and this guy was kind of a little bit of a cool older guy and it ends up being joe kaiser who um in the path who you guys are playing mm-hmm. with next friday night and so uh you know i start to meet all of these people that this weird kind of intersection of people that all kind of spiderweb out from Palm river road, clear out, whether it's Keith Olray or Brian Shaver from skate park of Tampa, mm-hmm. Dave Decker, you know, all these people. And it's like, this has become this weird breeding ground for these like interesting characters that just kind of,
1: well, there's so much. Yeah. Interconnectivity between this scene. I mean, you know, most of the people that I know that, you know, I'm in the band with, and met 20 years ago, sure, but then there's all these newer people, and it's everyone's just connected somehow. Either you played in the band together, you saw their bands play, you know, you've hung out with them at a show. It's just
0: well, and you work in Ebor, or you played in, e- I mean, that that's its own little family too, yeah. So, but still, 2013 to 29, I mean, six years of trying to get a band going. And mm-hmm. like, was there false starts, or were there little bands that kind of oh,
1: yeah, there was, you know, we did a couple times, nothing. Never got to the point of like having a name or anything like that. But we got together. uh, One of my old guitar players from the Mosaic uh, and and Dimitri. We all kind of got together, started trying to do stuff. But it just it's hard. You know, it's, it's really it, hard. Yeah, it's, it's hard really to get everybody hard. in a room and kind of keep things going and momentum going.
0: Hundred percent. I mean, you know, I'm I'm a I don't even want to call myself a late bloomer because I haven't even bloomed yet. But I you know <laughs> I, I started way 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 late, and so. The one, the one kind of band that I have going, there's five guys in it, which, you know, all this, I've always talked to Elliot uh, Mayo, who's next door, but of like what I'm learning and was like, I was like more band members equal more reasons to not be able to practice. Yeah. And then like the drummer is always an issue because it's like the drummer never wants to move their drum set. So basically you're going to practice wherever the drummer wants to keep his drums. Yeah. It's just all this, you know, all these things that come up that you, you as a
1: a fan don't know until you kind of stick your, throw your hat in the arena. And well, especially as you get older. You know, and, and so our age, we do get a little bit more confined in what we're willing to do and what we're willing to, like, sacrifice to do it. You know, your 20. is like, oh, yeah, we'll just we'll practice at 11 o'clock at yeah, night yeah. five in the morning. Yeah, it's like That's not going to work in anymore. the morning. I'm yeah.
0: tired. I can't drink like I used yeah, to. It's like we got to be done by nine.
1: You know, let's get home. We got to get dinner. You know, stuff like that. For so. sure.
0: So is Dead Mirrors, would you say it's your creation? Meaning, like, was the seed of it your idea or was this something?
1: How did that come about? Um. It's weird because I always had to meet I was like, I know this is the guy I want to play in a band with. Like, I, I want him as my drummer. Uh, I have to play with him. And then we just kept, you know, those false starts not being able to go. And then I ran into uh, Phil's wife out at Independent one night. And I was telling her, I was like, yeah, I'm trying to start this band. What's Phil up to these days? You're like, he's been trying to start a metal band. I was like, let him know. So we kind of got together. And next thing.
0: It's he, a four piece though, right? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, we he's- were three pieces. We went through four different bass players before we got to the one, uh, just couldn't get schedules down. And right. who is it now? Uh, Chris. Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He was in the, the porch
0: sessions. Okay. All right. Now, do you talk about sound? Do you talk about influences or do you just get in a room and say, well, this is what it's kind of sounding like, or
1: Phil kind of had, I think at the time when we came in, he already had four songs written. Um, now we definitely changed some of these as they came in, you know, like, all right, well let's maybe speed this up. I like you. I, I, don't play anything, so mine does become very visual. I, you know, I'll give them like a up and down arm thing. I say, you know, just so you can bob your head like that, or give them a da 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 mm-hmm. type of thing, or talk about bands. Uh, like, oh, we need like a, a poison the well part right here, mm-hmm. or maybe a little bit of ghost inside right here. But what gets hard with that is we do come from different scenes. Like Phil was not a hardcore kid; he was more metal, and you know, he played right. in Dukes of Hillsborough stuff like that. Um, so he doesn't listen to a lot of the same stuff, but that's kind of get the references, but, but, but that's kind of the best part of is you know, he brings in this very kind of groove, heavy metal sound. And then we can kind of play with that. Like, all right, well, let's speed this up. You know, let's halftime this, like, let's add a little punky right here. And then it kind of becomes our, our sound. Right.
0: Well, it's definitely, it's definitely, um, evocative of bands that i know but it's also its own thing uh, you know I, I i can hear like you know in a guitar part or a drum b- part or your vocals like oh yeah this reminds me a little bit of this mm-hmm. but it's definitely its own realized thing that kind of stands apart it's funny you calling it metal i would never think of it as a, a metal band but i never did either I,
1: we really didn't know what to call it i i i always use generic terms so i'm just like we're yeah. a hardcore band yeah always yeah. hardcore band um and then somebody's like well we're more of like a post hardcore i was like Okay, I can get down with that too. And then I, uh, on Twitter, Twitter, I, I talked to James Hart, the singer of 18 Visions. Uh-huh. We talk about football and stuff on uh-huh. Twitter. And so I sent him stuff, you know, kind of let me know what you think. And he posted out there, he's like, if you're into, you know, late 90s metalcore, I was like, well, I guess we're a late 90s metalcore band then. I don't know. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> that, works. So we, that works. We mix metal, we mix, you know, punk and, and hardcore stuff. So I, yeah, it's just so hard.
0: I saw, so my wife, uh, like, doesn't listen to any of this stuff. Like, mm. she's, you know, Bruno Mars, you know, that's, and so, uh, I went to see, uh, Knock Loose open for Gujira and so good. Were you there?
1: No, but Knock uh, Loose is so good. <laughs> I, well, I,
0: so I had two, not two, like, Knock Loose references, but, uh, you know, my, my wife was like, well, what would you call that? And I was like, hardcore I guess like hardcore punk and she's like so punk is different from hardcore and, and then like li- that next week last week I saw slap reality and uh moving targets at mm-hmm. Keith's place and she's like well what were they I was like they're kind of a little bit more pop punk she's like well what's pop you know and I'm sitting here and as I'm explaining I'm like this is so ridiculous like right. trying to explain these things or use these terms because you know I, I don't know it, it's very um what's the word it, it, it kind of is distilling something down to less than what it actually is right. like you know for me with pop punk like i've i've never been i, I listened to you know blink 182 for a minute when i was that age right. green day and all that other stuff but i always kind of was drawn to the darker music like i always liked something that was a little bit more sinister a little mm-hmm. bit more had something to say about it, you know, like for me, I was in, I was in eighth grade, ninth grade. And I remember injustice for all, which at the time, I mean, now you, people have their views on Metallica one way or the other, but at the time, I mean, that was, that was it like yeah. one and Lars, you know, and that was just like, Holy fuck. Well, my buddy last night went to, they had like this private show with like 7,000 people. He went, he got to see them last night and I was, I've never seen them live. And I'm always like, I don't even know if I want to go see them now. Like, you know, like that's, that's, what that's how I re- that's rem- why you had it. Yeah, yeah, that was when I was just like, uh, they were everything to me, you know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, in any event, your music, Dead Mirrors, um, that that album is just really amazing. Like, where did you guys
1: record it? Uh, at uh, Atomic with
0: Mark. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, it, I mean, it sounds. Legit. I mean, it sounds like time was put into it. It sounds like money was put behind it. It sounds like well,
1: thank you. <laughs> there was some
0: thought put well, I mean, you know, a lot of people, it's like, you know, listen to this. It's like, well, that's cool, but right. you know, you pretty much flipped a switch and played and then flipped it back off at the end. Like, where
1: yeah, it's it's a hard spot, I think, for a lot of bands to be in right now where you wanna you want it to sound like it's a really well put together album, but so many bands that are coming out now are using the, the triggered drums and the fake sounds, So it sounds overly produced. And right. Dimitri was very adamant about not falling into that trap. He's like, I, I want it to sound like we're playing live. So we wanted it to sound as good and clean as possible without kind of overdoing it and making it too, just kind of sterile
0: i would imagine he's he's very strong in his opinion on, on things so i yeah. you know how how does that work as being i mean do you consider yourself the band leader or do you have a band leader is it just a democracy or? I, I would say yeah uh, i would say democracy I, I guess um i still won't forgive dimitri because i got i i've i've the earlier part of this year was like getting super into the last two turnstile albums. And I was like, this is rad. And he's like, it's 311. And I was like, you motherfucker. Like you. He knows how to do that. He He just. knows how to pick that one just, a little needle in the eye. It's just like, I mean, I still (laughs) like him,
1: but now like I, I start hearing, you know, 311 play over that I'm like, oh. We had one logo that was coming up when I was trying to design the the name logo. And one of the R's, I put mirrors backwards instead of dead backwards. Mm -hmm. He's like, looks like corn could never unsee it after <laughs> that. I was like, well, I guess that's done. <laughs> or like I'm a part comes true. up, he's like, oh, that sounds like, you know, stained or something. I was like, all right, well, we're getting rid of that part because now it's already in my head even if it doesn't. It's yeah. in there now. So. Yeah,
0: that's funny. <clears throat> so, uh, so this band though, 2019, so you only have a little bit of time to be like playing before everything shuts down. Yeah, we
1: um we I think had maybe two or three songs kind of written with the maybe not even that we we might not have even had vocals for any of them yet. And then everything shut down and we took off probably two, three months, I think until we finally felt comfortable enough. And then we went back and we just wore the masks in the room all the time. Um, And it was still just a three piece. And then we ended up, you know, having a couple different bass players come in and out and didn't work out. Uh, So then we just wrote the entire album, just the three of us recorded it, just the three of us and then added our, our bass player after that.
0: Now your voice for this for this record is that how you sang in other bands or is this different for you?
1: I it's always yeah always kind of been the same always with the screen. Now being that it was so long in between, I kind of forgot how to do that vocal fry anymore. And um, how did you learn it in the first place? Just trial and error? Or? I think yeah, I think just trial and error because um, that was before. You know, I had seen the the zen of screaming and all that I stuff. That so I didn't too, yeah. really know there yeah. was a difference. I just thought, I was like, well, you just scream. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, you don't want to push too hard. You got to, you know, you're touring. You got to make sure you can do it every night. So I had forgot all that. And I, that first, this album that we just recorded, the first time in the studio, I blew my voice out. Yeah. Which always happens every time I go in the studio because you hear it much differently through headphones. So you start screaming a little bit more trying to get that natural, you know, distortion you would yeah. have from a 58. Um, so I blew it out. And then the next time I went back and I was like, Oh yeah, this is how you do it. And I have to keep doing these practices of trying to breathe over the pencil and, you know, get it more in my head and not just in my throat.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You have to touch the, touch the iron and know it's hot every yeah. every now and again. Yeah. So, uh, is, is it, it's an independent or is it out on a label? Nope. Independent. Okay. Yeah. Um, and how has it been received? Uh, pretty good so far. I think, um, you know, you guys slope. have been playing a lot since everything's we've, opened back up.
1: We've only played twice, but that's really, yeah. I know you played at the crowbar, did not you? No, we have That's uh January. We're playing at crowbar, did January, you We play, play with Path of Increased Indifference. And that was at uh, Legion. Uh, and then our first show before that was at Ben's. We've uh, been okay. trying to keep it kind of spread out night sure. Know, okay? Well, that's return. interesting,
0: yeah. All right. Well, okay. Well, I, I mean, I'm stoked for next week. You guys are playing with The Path at Shuffle, and yeah. that's a, you guys are very different bands. I mean, they're much more, you know, I know Joey, his son, is a big-time Neurosis, and so they try mm-hmm. and occupy that that world, which I, I super dig Neurosis, and I love Joe. He's an amazing guitar player. And you That was know, the
1: first band we played with at Ben's. They're like our sister band because uh, our guitar player is their drummer. Oh, okay. I don't think yeah. I realized that. Wait a second. Who's guitar? Pl- Our, uh, Dead Mirror's guitar player.
0: Oh, is their drummer. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. I thought you were saying their guitar player was your drummer. I was like, Dimitri plays guitar for the guitar. <laughs> 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 well, that's cool. I mean, that makes it easier to tour around. So yeah. very, very cool. Well, um, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, I'm hoping to be able to book this other thing that we're talking about. Oh, it, it
1: uh, sounds like it'd be a great lineup.
0: Well, it was so weird because I saw, I saw, uh, you know, and follow them on Facebook. And they just put out, they were like, hey, we're looking to do a, a New Year's Eve show if anybody knows of anything. And I was like, that would be fucking amazing. And so I was like, I'll ask Tom at Crowbar. And he's like, you don't want to be anywhere near Ybor City on New yeah. Year's Eve. And I was like, okay, well, that makes sense. And then it was like, okay, so then where? And I mean, I know the St. P- I'm from St. Pete originally, but mm-hmm. I, I just don't have as much of a knowledge base of those, those venues. So, but and
1: those mid-sized venues are kind of, gone now. a lot of mid-sized venues are kind of gone now you know state theaters gone now um you know stuff like that so orpheum is much bigger now than it was at for the sure well. yeah so kind of it's like we well, don't want a small venue but you can't have a huge venue either yeah
0: so there's middle middle ground well that's something you know elliot and i have been dreaming about that uh is is having like an all ages kind of just brass tacks just mm bands every night or as many nights as you can all ages no alcohol just everybody you know everybody can come in and it's just the whole thing is for that kind of music to be able to be played there and i when i saw you know for for me that seems so out of touch but uh when i went and saw um slap reality and and moving targets recently at micro groove i was like if Keith can do this at Microgroove, then mm-hmm. you, you, mean, it, you should be able to just have a fucking room. And as long as you have yeah. a PA and a bathroom,
1: like you, you should be good to go. But well, we, I mean, there used to be... What was that in Brandon uh, Sound, was Sound Exchange? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we used to play in that back room right there. Really? That thing was like a closet. Yeah. Man, it was tiny. <laughs> I remember that
0: place for sure. Yeah. Um, I like to ask people about shows like what was your first show? What was your favorite show that you, you've gone to? Mm. Uh,
1: my first show... I, well, the first live band I ever saw was Crisscross, actually. Really? Yeah. Nice. Uh, it was at Boomsday 92. <laughs> Do you remember Boomsday <laughs> out on, on uh, Bayshore? Yeah. Uh, and I saw them. But I, I think the the first mid-range show I went to was, um, I think, Buck 09. Um, the first big show I went to was 311. Um, favorite show. Oh, man, there's so many because there's just so many different uh, – actually probably chris cornell oh yeah yeah i saw him the year before he passed he played over at uh was it ruth eckard and i think i remember that show for sure and uh that he was in my top five you know vocals i was like i have to see them right see him play so i mean there's amigo the devil has been great every time i die every single one of their shows is fantastic but a new album i think sick yeah it really really is but i I think chris cornell was just i got to see him
0: Yeah, yeah yeah for sure for sure um well, I appreciate you coming by. I'm excited to see you guys play next week. Uh, are
1: you guys writing any material now, or are you just? Uh, kinda- we are. Yeah, we're we're um started writing again. Um, I think we have one song finished. Just got to put lyrics and vocals to it. Uh, another one almost there, and then a couple in the can. Like yeah. so about four or five that we're just kind of working on.
0: And what are you listening to right now? Who's um. Got, got your interest peak. Your, I mean, this this year's been crazy. It's like every Friday is like free, yeah. amazing. You know, I I couldn't even I couldn't even get every time I die in my head before you know Mastodon came out and now we got a portrayal of guilt today mm-hmm. and. It's just like I, I'm. I'm having to go back and like listen to albums because I didn't really get to listen to them before the new thing
1: happened. And it's like I think it's a, a good year for because I think so many pushed theirs back last year. They didn't want to release them during. The, well,
0: now the, no one can put out vinyl for three years because of fucking yeah. Adele. So. Yeah, we started looking at that. Like, oh, <laughs> well, that's
1: not going to happen. Yeah. Um, but now it, it feels like everyone's just releasing it all at once. But I would say, I mean, the new every time I die is is pumping pretty regularly. Um, I started listening to the new Limp Biscuit. There's actually yes. a couple good bangers. Yes. <laughs> and I was just, I,
0: I, 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 was messed. We have, you know, we have like a little messenger that we talk to each other in the office. And I was like, I was like, Elliot, I need your help. And he, he thought I was going to ask him to like, you know, schedule a deposition or something. I was mm-hmm. like, I keep listening to the first song on this fucking Limp Biscuit album. It's really good. And he's like, yeah, you know, West Portland's a pretty amazing guitar oh, such player. Such an and, underrated guitar player. And you know, uh, what's his face. Fred, thank you. I mean, he's he's self aware, a douchebag. Like he knows he's a douchebag and he yeah. owns it, and he just plays it. Which out, I but, like
1: him a little bit better for that now. Yeah, th- it's th- like th- than before. Yeah,
0: but uh, I was just like, wow. And then he played me another song off of it. And I'm like, okay, I guess. But uh, yeah, I mean, so what? Who else? Is this? I mean, I have to go. Let me. Let me just. I'll, I'm just going to do this. To talk to you about yeah. who you're into because. I don't know if you listen to Amigo, time. the devil at
1: all, but he had a I do. Of I,
0: that's kind of like murder folk or like yeah. horror folk. You know, I, I, I really, I, I started down that path and was listening to different people and trying to get into that world. I, I, I didn't get too deep in it, not because I didn't like it, but, um, it's, it's a pretty niche area that mm. there's not a lot of, you know, different people. Have you heard any of the new converge? Uh, with, uh,
1: I don't think I have actually. Oh,
0: you gotta listen to the song, Coil, that just came out this okay. week. I was telling, uh, telling, Elliot that I thought it was if Between the Buried and Me did uh, one by Metallica mm. and uh, Between the Buried and Me put out pretty, pretty crazy album this year. Let me okay. see.
1: I've actually played with them as well.
0: Have you? Twice. Oh, wow. The Armed, who are like one of my favorite bands these days, do you get into them at all? I
1: really, it's it's funny. I don't listen to a lot of like hardcore stuff on the regular. Yeah. Uh, most of the time, you know, I'm listening like Amigo the Devil, Benjamin Todd, Nick Shoulders, like a lot of kind of Arkansas area country. What plays in the the salon where
0: you're working? Do you,
1: do oh, you get the do. DJ or? Um, we just use a Pandora. So it uh, just depends on who gets there first. first. Um, one person might come in and put on Jason Isbell Station. Yeah. Um, we'll do a lot of 80s type of stuff, you know, Sisters of Mercy and and some of that kind of stuff. I tend to put on, if I have a choice and that's just going to be me there, it's either like Fiddlehead or um, Amiga the Devil. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Do you do you get into the kind of the the alt country kind of folk country like Southern Rock
1: type of thing? I do. Um, I, I think because of the pandemic, when I was at home for seven weeks, I just started going down rabbit holes and on YouTube and finding all these people that were on gem, VHS on Gems and yeah. Gems on VHS. Yeah. Um, so that's when I got into Benjamin Todd and like the Lost Dog Street Band, uh-huh. uh, Nick Shoulders, who's coming in uh next month in december to crowbar which is going to be a great show yeah um you know he kind of sounds like the original hank williams you know he does the bird calls and the yodeling and and stuff like that
0: did you see uh brandy carlisle on saturday night live
1: i think i actually did see that one
0: well the second song she did right now i played it for my wife last night and that's fucking haunting and like i've always been aware of her but i just didn't Mm -hmm. you know i
1: get into julian baker yeah Loved
0: you. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Cry every time I hear it, but it's really good.
0: <laughs> the weird thing with me about country is when I was in college, I was up at UCF in Orlando, and they had the eight seconds or whatever the name of the bar was, but I call it like Kmart Country or Walmart mm-hmm. Country, and it's like, you know, make America great again, country, and like yeah. that that stuff just chaps my ass yeah, so hard. So I have to be uh, this the, not just the sound, but the lyrical content has to be far enough away. From that for me to be able to right. do it and if it, if it even flirts with it i get kind of like you know antsy about it but yeah. uh oh, i'm going to send you this playlist that even if uh, the new deaf heaven which i thought was a pretty pretty cool it's like a it's like a hardcore uh cure album okay um full of like hell that. full of hell who's playing at orpheum just after christmas turnstile who we talked about uh knock loose oh so the other knock loose story so the kind of the singer comes out and he goes you know what we love? We love breakdowns and, and, and every song. It's like, they were almost like hardcore cheerleaders. It's yeah. like at every point, the same point in the song, everybody's just going ape shit. And yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was like, you know what though? That's just, just like Fred Durst being very self aware is yeah. like, you know, they're, they're unapologetic. Like this yeah. is what we do. We do it well and, and we own it, but
1: yeah, it doesn't matter. if what it is, I mean, if you do it well, people are going to like it no matter what. So,
0: well, thank you so much for coming. Thank You're you for me swimming on. to my office today. It's yeah. fucking arc. <laughs> we're going to park an arc out front. It's been all day long, which I, I love rainy days. But as this I told you earlier, bit much. Today, yeah, it gets yeah. to be like okay, I got to go grocery shopping, and I yeah. want to like fucking have my bags just disintegrate <laughs> my hands. um i Well, hopefully, two things I hope for next Friday. Number one is that it's not raining, and I would love it if we have another cool weekend because you guys are going to be if you're listening to this this will be out definitely before next friday so uh shuffle next friday night is it eight o'clock eight o'clock, so, yeah. 8 o'clock and it's just two bands so yep. we go on by
1: 8 15 because that's to be over by 10 I think.
0: okay but that's still a pretty decent set for the both of you yeah i mean that's you playing your whole album plus maybe a couple of
1: tracks right it'll be the whole album i don't think okay. we're, we're anywhere near to, to add the new tracks in okay. there yet
0: well i don't mean i didn't mean new tracks as in those stuff you're working on, but I mean, do you supplement with a cover or any, or is it pretty much that album?
1: We've been talking about maybe doing a cover. Uh, there's some covers I really want to do, but there's also a whole nother cover band I want to do. Uh, oh yeah. A Shania Twain cover band. Oh, sweet. Uh, called Shania Law. And <laughs> it would be punk versions of Shania Twain songs to make them sound like they're very political when yeah. they're just Shania it's Twain. It's like Sharia
0: Law or whatever. Yeah. That's
1: kind of what gave me, everyone kept saying, well, it's Sharia Law. I was like, well, that's not how you pronounce it. I was like, but Shania Law.
0: Shania Law. Yeah. There's yeah. something there. Yeah. Um, well, that's interesting. I dig that. Well, uh, anyways, that show would be rad. So, are you are you opening or are they opening? We're opening. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, if you're listening to this shuffle, it's a free show, right? It is all free show Friday night. Hopefully, good weather. Uh, get some shuffleboard in. They've got great wings and other shit, and you can watch a badass show. Thank you so much for coming Thank by. It was awesome. On. I appreciate you. And 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 I really before I, I close up you're a badass singer like i really really dig that album i dig what you do vocally like if i could get a third of the way there i'd be all too happy it's not easy to do and you do it really well so
1: thank you i appreciate that
0: you know much 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 respect for that all right have a good weekend thanks